Welcome to a rather belated Sonic Talk. Uh, we had a bit of a computer meltdown here in the office and uh, everything went a bit wrong. Um, so it may not hang together. It's just bizarrely, uh, the computer where all of our um, streaming uh, hardware is attached to um, just refused to recognise any of the equipment. And it was just really, really peculiar. And uh, the only thing, we tried loads and loads of things, even booting up, and then the final thing was just switch, it was literally switch everything off and then on again. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that fixed it. It was very so. I want to say thank you for hanging in there. I know it's been a bit of a thankless task, uh, and I am recording. It's all looking good. Um, so yes, sorry about that. Um, and we'll try and generate a little bit of a show for you, uh, although it'll have to be a bit shorter. Uh, obviously, this show is brought to you by um, Isotope, um, and we will have a little bit of. In fact, I haven't even got. I, I'll have to announce the competition winner last week, uh, next week, because we've had such a disastrous technology. I haven't had a chance to to find it anyway. So I'm going to say hello. We've got Gaz Williams in the house, songsurgeon.co.uk, professional bass player, and all uh, about general man about town. Um, how are you, Gaz? Man about town. Um, I'm very good. Thank you very much. I'm glad um, to hear it. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so I'm in my studio right now, and I was explaining just before the show that I've been developing different um, creative zones in my studio. So it's actually quite chaotic at the moment, but... Uh, there's four separate creative zones, and each zone, uh, the operator of it has an equal amount of control over the computer. So it's ah. a sort of, uh, it's trying to see if you can kind of run um, democratic recording sessions, you know, so just to take the onus off one single person. But I've been creating a template in Cubase uh, that I call in my, you know, I've got various templates I've cre- um, that are called creative zones, and... The idea basically is that it's pre-configured for this kind of for this kind of setup, and the idea is is once the set the, once the session begins, you don't need to really do anything to the computer, but you can just keep working and navigating the projects from any and anybody can can do that. And what I've got I've got it going in two ways at the moment where you've got completely autonomous setups as well where you can kind of mute the monitor mix, do things, turn other people back on through what you're just doing back to Everyone that else. sounds that sounds even more complicated than the dreadful mess I've been going through <laughs> the last couple of it days. Is, it's it's complicated, and I've been wondering why on earth I'm so kind of trying to do it. And it's because I think ultimately working with computers needs to evolve in this kind of direction. Uh, you know, we know that in um, GarageBand on the iPad now there is something a little bit like this in that you can kind of work on different garage on different. Uh, iPads and and collate all the information, but to actually be able to sort of meaningfully kind of and democratically work on something, uh, you know, I think the tools need to sort of develop to make that a possibility. And and I think this is certainly the case for bands, bands who are not necessarily traditional bands, but bands of electronic 
instrument, uh, instrumentalists. I, I went to see James Blake play yesterday, and his band is fantastic. It's just a three-piece band, and James Blake is a fantastic singer. He sings with a very soulful voice. But he's got a drummer who's playing, I think it was like something like an octopad with some acoustic cymbals, and he's got like a kick pedal. And there's another guy who's playing uh, guitar, but he's also got a Moog um, Taurus pedal, Taurus 2, but he's got it raised up, so he's playing it with his hands. Uh, it's quite... A, oh, oh, and James Blake, I think, is playing a Prophet 08 as well. So it's, it's quite a minimal, quite a minimal setup. But it's really interesting. These guys are in their sort of early to mid-20s, and they're playing like a real band, but the tone and texture is all, you know, very much influenced by their, the, the instruments that they're using. Uh, and interestingly, there's no there's no backing track, no click track or anything. And they were doing sort of like live looping, but just doing it so it was just really getting their timing in a kind of very natural way. Quite impressive. So recommend James Blake for anyone. Nice. That yes. sounds that sounds so, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So I was in, and the reason why I mentioned that though is just that I see these new bands who are kind of trying to sort of be more democratic in their approach to electronic music. So I think that developing techniques to record as a kind of, you know, as a bunch of people and not the onus on the one person, I think is the way to go. That sounds really, really interesting. And I, I'm kind of, uh, yes, I, I'm in a sort of multitask overdo- overdose overload at the moment. So I, I'm, I'm sorry if I seem slightly <laughs> distracted. I'm just trying to get a few things lined up that actually will work. Um, but let, okay. let's say hello to Mark, because Mark Tinley's here as well. Mark Tinley over there, likebeing.com. Uh, also, um, oh, new hat, new view. Creative thinker and sound artist. My ridiculous hair. I did a gig at the weekend. That's my my favourite news of the week with my friend Robin, and we played in an art gallery in East London. And I bumped into my favourite thing that happened this week is I bumped into this man called Mervyn, who said to me when I was introduced to him, he said, "I know you're ready, sir." And I was like, "Really?" And he said, "Yes, you went to a party at Youth's house." And I was like, oh, God, did I? Ah, And then we had this conversation, and he said, um, basically, I stumbled into his photographic studio downstairs instead of the party. And I actually, I don't remember anything at all (laughs) apart from trying to kick his door down. So I apologized for that. But then he told me that, he said, I met Satan at the crossroads, and I sold my soul in exchange for control over the time and the weather. And I control all of time that is lost when people are inebriated. And I was like, wow, okay. Then we had this kind of bizarre but deep conversation about time and the weather. And then I played the show, which was great. And he was actually a really lovely man, really lovely. And, And whatever I did... I asked my brother Adam about it. I said, did I go to that party? And he said, yes. And then he said, you're... Uh, Bjork and Susie from Susie and the Banshees were there as well, and I was just like, "Oh God, <laughs> I just don't know what happened." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mervin probably knows what happened though. He's got that shard of information somewhere, hasn't he? That sounds uh, again. I, I think Rich is trying to um, here. I did, I did try and ring him, Maybe but he wasn't. Say something sane. I don't know. We're just going to try and get rich as well. Um, sorry about this. It's very disjointed. This this disjointed show is brought to you by Isotope. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, there will be, and I'm, as I said, we'll have to forget about the car. I'm just going to try, can just, just uh, talk amongst yourselves a minute. I'm just going to try and get rich um, online as well. 
Okay, I've got a puppy underneath my table. Really <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Just talking about James That's... Blake again briefly. That briefly though is that um, I, I think it is interesting, and I've and it is a trend that I've seen only really in the last two years um, of this, uh, you know, very computer-free electronic bands. Uh, well, obviously, you saw this pre-computer, but you know, computers have come to dominate so much that. Seeing, oh, totally. You know, I mean, that's what I did free. on Saturday. I mean, Robin and I could have done that gig so easily with, like, the whole backing tape thing and just gone for, like, a really professional, like, kind of layered sound and all that sort of stuff. And I said to her, let's just do it with, like, a drum machine. So I've got this old Sony drum machine from the 1980s, which just has the most basic drum sounds in it. And then it was the two of us with electric guitars, and she sang, and it was fabulous. It was such fun. I actually smiled, and I never ever <laughs> smile with anything to do with music. So I think I don't. Know, I'm pleased that the overall general trend in music is to go back towards musicians. It doesn't matter how good you are, because I'm only saying that to make myself feel better, maybe. But it, it really, it's not about how good as a musician you are, how polished or perfect your sound is it's about like having fun surely isn't it it's about like feeling it and getting into it and and all that oh, so yeah. having fun yeah i like the sound of that not something i'm i'm uh, enjoying much of at the moment is uh, is rich rich hilton are you there i'm gonna uh shut this down and reboot skype uh so i'll be back in one minute okay <laughs> so this band called dark star who uh we first met them in Japan, and they're a great band. Uh, they're called Dark Star, and they're they're on Warp Records. And I've heard you know, that. Current... Why have I heard that name? Well, I mean, it's it's an old film, isn't it, from the seventies? But then there's there's it... been a couple of bands called Dark Star, and there's Grateful Dead track as well, isn't there? But it's um, this current Dark Star who are, like signed to Warp Records. They very much have got this uh, live. Uh, approach to things, you know, and um, and you know it goes wrong a little bit live, but it's okay because people kind of realise. Same with James Blake yesterday; he was doing this thing with a loop of his voice, and it was really impressive. And he went wrong in a little place, so every time that little mistake came past, I mean, he did a very long loop, maybe a minute long, just singing in free form, and then every time it came round, he he overdubbed onto it, and he had no timing guide at all. He was just kind of nodding when he did it. It's a very brave wow. thing to do. It was a, yeah, yeah. And, it was, and he built it up into a huge, big kind of harmonized performance. And, you know, it was brilliant. It was really good. But as I say, there was this tiny little mistake yeah, uh, where he came in a bit early. Uh, and you heard it every time it went round. But I, it, I, I just was looking forward to hearing that little bit every time. Hey, Rich, here's Rich Hilton. He works with Niall Rogers in the studio and he's also uh, on tour with Chic. How are you, Rich? I'm good. <laughs> I think it may be a lot better than I am. That was, this has just been a complete nightmare. Maybe today is going to be a slightly aborted uh, effort and I, I would like, could only apologise to our listeners for the slight... Um, what basically happened, Rich, in case you hadn't heard, um, our main streaming machine just died, like literally... Five past three. All right, I'll just get this. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not recognising any hardware. What do you mean? I'm not a streaming machine anymore. I'm a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
okay. That's what happened. But it, it, now it's all working. So we have Gaz in perfect uh, HD. It's all looking fantastic. It's just not working very well. <laughs> Unlike that new Waldorf Pulse thing, I think that looks a bit gay, actually. Does it? Well, let's have a look then. Oh. Why, why don't we actually start with... Let, well, let me yes. have a look. Let, let's have a look at that. Let, there might be a Waldorf <laughs> yes. thing. Let's see if I can actually find one. I did download oh, something. Now. Um, let me see if I can find it. So, uh, hold on. Waldorf Pulse. There must be something here. Uh, I've got a link somewhere. I might even actually be able to get it to, um, to play. Oh, God, am I on the screen? You've caught me being uh, naughty. I'm sorry. I will switch that. Right. Um, hold on a minute. Nothing's going to work for me today, is it? I can tell. Waldorf Pulse. Uh, I need to search for that because all of my prep was taken up, um, unfortunately, in the... Oh, fix something else then. It's okay. Oh, well, no, that, nothing. Everything, everything, everything's equally underprepared. It's really no problem. <laughs> Why don't we talk about it while you're looking for it? So the Waldorf Pulse, this is the Waldorf Pulse 2, isn't it? Which is um, uh, following on from the 90s Waldorf Pulse, but it's in a completely different format. The The original Pulse was in a, a rack unit, wasn't it? And then now this one is much more like a, a the Blofeld kind of layout, really, isn't it? Um, mm. With a matrix and a bunch of knobs on there. But it is entirely analog, isn't it? The Well, certainly the oscillators, the oscillators and the filters are. are. Yeah. Yeah, and the filters are, I think, aren't they? So, uh, but the thing that caught my eye with it is that it, it can operate in paraphonic mode, and I'd, I was interested or intrigued to know a little bit more about that, if anyone could shed the light. So you, it can do four or eight voices in paraphonic mode. Yes, uh, I think this is, looks like I have some sort of a clip here I could play. Uh, let's see if this is actually going to work. Oh yeah, maybe if I plug my laptop in, I might actually be able to. You might be able to hear something. Oh, this just gets better. This gets better and better. I don't know how I've survived this long without any, without doing shows with zero preparation. Here we mm-hmm. go. Uh, something's happening. Could that even be the same? Is it on the same chassis? It looks very much like the Blofeld, doesn't it? Um, it's got uh, three analog oscillators. Uh, pulse width modulation, hard sync, and uh, filter FM from oscillator three, ring modulation. Yeah, and this eight or four voice paraphonic mode, which I have absolutely no idea what that is. And that's the thing. Mm. I, I th- well, no, I do actually. I think what that what that actually is is all the voices go through the same amplitude and the same filter. So basically, you you get this single envelope and single amplitude so it's it's kind of like what happened on the Volker keys where you play a note if you play it really quietly and then you play another note really loudly the first one grows in volume because the amplitude the vca is being turned up so it's only a single voice except effectively i guess it must be something mm-hmm. to do with uh, dsp um uh, you know a, a, a saving i suppose that kind of mm-hmm. thing but it does sound kind of cool i, I, I mean the world of pulse yeah. I don't know whether it was a, necessarily a very classic synth, but it, I mean, the only it thing I... It was cool, though. It was cool. For was a it? lot of people, I think for a lot of people, you've got to remember about the, about the Pulse was that that was sitting there amongst a whole bunch of digital kit, and you saw it in lots of studios, in lots of kind of budget studios as well. So I think that where it's kind of um, unique place in history, well, certainly for me, when I've, I've encountered them back in the 90s, that they would be quite often people's only analog synths. Uh, yeah. 
you know so i think that and i think it's pretty cool it's got it had a decent filter on it yeah they do they do um, sound like, i mean that's the same as in the um the sledge that i reviewed is a similar sort of engine i'd imagine except um, more uh, yeah which had three oscillators as well obviously but that's a digital synth though isn't it i mean this one True. is an analog synth so i guess um same architecture i saw uh, uh, the structure. same architecture yeah structure okay that's interesting so uh now is that the same then the same shape as the uh, uh is that is that the same as the blowfeld then because i mean it's got that matrix form where you can kind of put yeah it's very kind of similar through. i think the actual screen if i go to uh this will probably work if i go to the screen you can see that it's got quite a large lcd like that i think the lcd might be a little bit bigger actually yeah, than bit, on it does look bigger the, there's more controls there i think is there yeah one? maybe i think there's only four on the um okay on the what's it so i mean the thing about that matrix I had a Blofeld keyboard for a while, and the thing about that Matrix is it is a very fast... Yeah, once you get around, once you get used to it, it really does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very fast, and you think, well, actually, you can cover a lot of ground very, very quickly with just a few, you know, just a just a few quick sort of moves. So I think that it is a interesting, um, you know, because that's obviously designed as a desktop synthesizer, and therefore uh, would, I think, fit with a lot of yeah. the way that a lot of people work. You know, I, c- I could imagine something like that alongside uh, the Native Instruments machine or a Push, Ableton Push or something, working in that type of... Uh, it's, it's interesting you say that, actually, because um, the Matrix thing does work very well. It was something I reviewed recently, which I found... Uh, it was the, um, the uh, Ultra Nova, Mini Nova, which has a, very, you know, it's a similar kind of concept as a Matrix. And you find you can whip around it very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as fast as having the you know, the real thing, and it was also always thought of as a bit of a sort of poo poo, you know, to have a matrix uh, editor. Mm-hmm. I, I know, um, Rich, you've got um, some, you've you've had, you've got a Dave Dave Smith. Um, have you not got? Have you got access to Dave Smith stuff where you are? But the the early stuff was all matrix driven, wasn't it? We have a profit await in the studio. Ah, yeah, but that's kind of one to one, isn't it? But the 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 Mofa, the early, oh, what was it? The um, I'm trying to remember the early the the poly the evolvers they had matrix and that was kind of you could uh, you could be quite fast with that as well once you get your head I, around it. The Dave Smith Mofo in a in a the little unit though that was very slow, terrible <laughs> operating on that ah. one, I think. But um, but that didn't have a matrix. That was just literally pages of um, four knob sort of. Uh, you just Did you? Does does Waldorf does Waldorf figure very highly in the states in kind of people's instrument collections that you've seen, Rich? It's because a lot of European synths don't make it over there in great numbers, right? I don't know about European synths in general, but the answer to your first question is um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know one guy who was into having one, but mostly no. Hmm. And as regards what I saw in those videos, I have to believe the synth is better than those demos. Right. Well, that's because um, that was some of that was not. Um, oh well, how shall I put this politely? That was not among the more interesting presentations of the capabilities of a synth that I've ever seen. Especially when you consider it's got three voices, uh, three oscillators. I mean, you should be able to get a bunch out of it more than than you know a few. It was the, just all such boilerplate stuff. Hmm. 
It's funny though that lots of demos do tend to go that way because people want to hear. You know, it's like when I'm reviewing a synth, they have to go through those kind of here are the waves, here's the filter, and then try and dig out some interesting stuff. But you've got to cover those basics, and I suppose yeah, you can cover those basics in the first seven seconds and then show what it really does. <laughs> I'm serious, yeah, like yeah. you do. You're right. You have to present those things, and you should, but um, not for a minute and a half. Yeah, maybe so. I just felt like the thing's got to be able to do more interesting stuff than that. Mm. I'm and sure it I'm, does. I, all respect to the guy who undoubtedly did it on a deadline and had no time to prepare and everything else. But um, it did sound like it's going to make some really cool sounds. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Teach it. Well, we've got we've got one ordered for review, and I'm really hoping that we get hold of it soonish. Um, that would be fantastic. Uh, Mark, have you got any Waldorf stuff? Have you got any Waldorf stuff in your in your history? Waldorf stuff in plugins. I've used ah, yeah. Waldorf. Uh, I think Adam had that Waldorf thing with the red knob on it, the the rack mount thing with a red knob on it, but I can't remember what it's called. I always found, I don't know, all the Waldorf things I've ever used have always presented me with a very clinical, very clean kind of sound, and I like things to get messy. So I, uh, and I like things to get a little bit unstable, and they're very, very stable, very clean, very perfect synths which is, I think, what makes some of their digital stuff so good, because, again, it's very clean, very perfect, very stable. So I've got the Nave thing. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I must. I'm, I haven't got round to that. I, like I really that. must. I really, I really like must. Uh, and then amazing some, sounds I've off had now. some of their PPG things, and then the one I coveted forever was the massive, massive keyboard with the red knob on it. <laughs> but the, I'm not sure if it was the sound or the, the look. Wave. And the, the wave, the yeah. Wave, uh, was sort of Waldorf. They just make their stuff look technically brilliant. And perhaps that's what I like about the look of their machines. And perhaps that's what I don't quite like about the sound of their machines. So um, I'd have to see it in the flesh and play around with it for a bit and see if it did what I wanted it to do. Yeah. I suppose I could do fuzz, fuzz box. That's a fair point. I mean, I think that's, that's perfectly reasonable to think Can I have to, a line six rant? Uh, oh yeah, what well, if you want? I bought um I bought a Pod X3 a couple of years ago because I'd recorded a whole load of stuff with Duran through a flex tone and I liked the sound of it. And the Pod X3 says on it with the classic Pod sound, except it doesn't have that at all because oh. the Pod 2 range has a completely different flavour of AIR in it. And I only worked this out last week when I bought a pod two and plugged it in and tried to compare the two and get the pod x3 to do the same as the pod two the pod two just sounds brilliant and the pod x3 sounds like a poor engineer with a 57 on a cab and it's sort of not it just doesn't have it doesn't have the thump and balls of the pod two that, that, I, isn't I, that I, just down to the D, d2a's no it's not it's down to it's down to the way they do the uh, guitar cabinet emulation and and have you heard uh, the new one so mark the pod hd range the, the 500 the we've just reviewed the 500x uh and no, i'd have that to compare nice. it to a pod 2 now because i've actually got back to the sound that i wanted and it's the pod 2 is so fabulously accessible you can literally switch the amps around and then just grab a few knobs and then you're like you're in like bb king world or you're in like uh purple haze or you're in like deep purple or you can get to the angus sound or whatever really really quickly and just jump around those sounds and kind of mold between them and get to the place you want to be and the, 
the X3 is just menus and plodding around and things. And maybe I could write an EQ curve in, in a plugin that would emulate that thump <laughs> that I'm getting in the Pod X2. It's probably possible. But mm. it's great just, uh, great uh, it's candidate for the show bother. title there, Rich. Hello is Mr. Thump, though. Plug it in. <laughs> um, why bother when I can just plug, it, plug in the Pod 2? Fair enough. I, I, you'll be pleased to know, actually, that I've got uh, the ability to bring the chat room into the in, into the mix these days as well, and I can, as a sort of little faded lower third. This is what I'd be working on. You see, Rich, it is worthwhile. I can have a full screen or just a little bit of um, chat room, sort of minor lower third. So uh, just there we go. That that would probably be the title. Let me see if I can find that. I can roll that down. Uh, <laughs> what the attorneys at law? Hello, is Mister Thump there? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> thumping balls attorneys at law I'd love to try a line six the latest line six pod the rack one actually so well, we've got, uh, literally, I've just finished editing today the Pod HD 500X, uh, which has, uh, we had Murph in to play because he, he, he loved the 500 so much he bought it. And right. now he's got this one and it's got like 20% more DSP. There's not much else going on in there. It's got, you know, I don't think there's got any more sort of algorithms or whatever, at least as far as I can gather. Gosh, I've got Mr. Mannering glasses today. Um, but what it also does is, um, the, with the extra DSP, it just seems to have more quality to it and that but they've they've added these little uh uh red rings around the puts which makes it just more of a kind of useful thing to use live as well so the hardware's been updated more than mm. perhaps the um anything else going on in software but that's pretty cool it's just a question of whether or not you dig the, the line six sound because the pod 2 the hardware is the key on the pod 2 just being able to grab stuff and be able to do stuff right I'm not familiar with the Thump. pod too. We, we, Mr. Thump. Yes, I, I am ignoring you all in the chat room. <laughs> Carry on regardless. I'm not. Here we go. I'll put them in there. There we go. I'll just okay. I'll roll it down, and you, I won't ignore you because I can now have you back. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, and I could also I could also yeah. play videos, assuming I'd actually prepared any for the show. I could press a button, and it would play just like this, and it would be awesome. But it's not going to be awesome because I haven't made any videos. <laughs> you'll have to wait to next week for that awesomeness. In fact, you'll also have to wait to next week uh, for our, um, our competition. But now I better play our ad because that's one of the reasons that um, that Isotope do sponsor the show is so that I can um, discuss their product. So I'll press here, of course, RX3. This is uh, something that we're looking at. Uh, we, we, well, we looked at. You may have seen our in depth that we did with Matt Hines. Some really great stuff in the new RX3. Um, it's Primarily, new interface with tabbed interface, multiple undos. You can save RX documents so you can really kind of forensically change your audio, but then always go back. And that's something that's really important to workflow. Uh, also, there's a de-reverb technology, uh, Dialog Denoiser, which runs in the uh, full pro version, but it allows you to run many, many instances across multiple tracks with very low latency and low DSP. Uh, you can work up six times farther with uh, faster with audio intelligent processing and other workflow improvements. Never lose an edit again with the unlimited undo, as I mentioned. Uh, many audio problems you can fix with D-Clip, D-Click. Uh, the D-Clip actually works in both phases now, so you can change the top or the bottom depending on where you uh, think it's best. Uh, and also, um, you can basically get hold of it now. Go to isotope.com forward slash RX and you'll download it. And we did run a competition uh, last week, which was uh, comments for the favourite uh, <clears throat> favorite sections of the shows. And there are some great ones. Actually, a lot of them including you, Gaz. Uh, so, and Mark. I don't think I've had any at all, but uh, one of the ones was um, particularly to do with um, 
uh, your gig butt story, Mark, which I think uh, everybody enjoyed. That's the one where Rich Hilton uh, was just laughing uncontrollably and we had to basically keep the camera away from him because he was, he was crying so hard. <laughs> I think I remember that very fondly. Um, but the, I will announce the winner next week. I'm sorry about it. I just, because there, there's some great entries. Uh, I just haven't had the opportunity to uh, get anything together apart from actually just get a show on the air this week. So I'm very sorry about that. But I do hope um, that all this hard work will now result in a much more fabulous show. Uh, I've got a new switcher as well um, because I, our old one was the buttons were going. So I've now got a Korg. Uh, oh, I better switch that. Uh, Nano Control 2, which has only got eight channels, but it's got more buttons. Uh, so now I can play more videos and I can do more things. So I've got my six shots there uh, and I'm not using all the controls. So, uh, But I can do some really neat things. Uh, and now, at the end of the show, I've got a button that fades to black. Here, watch. Whoa. Wow. So I could do a proper ending of the show. Now what I've done, now, this is where I find out. Yeah. Can I interject about a few things that i think are worth mentioning about ios 7 that you may or may not be aware of or the listeners one of which i think is really interesting in that ios 7 has now enabled the camera connection kit to work on iphones 5 and upwards so you can now Does that mean it'll connect. work on my ipad oh, i don't i don't really understand i mean it doesn't not work already no. no. Oh, I see. No, no, the camera connection kit's just been an iPad-only thing. So if you wanted to connect an, an audio interface or, you know, like a USB <laughs> keyboard or anything like that, you couldn't do it to the iPhone. So it's a, big, it's a biggie, that one. So now... Yeah, I've got you know, an iPad mini later. and it's got the same connector. And I, whatever I plug in, nothing USB worked on it on iOS 6. So I'm, I'm, that's the first thing ah. I'm going to do after this show. Try that. Well, that's, that's one of the big ones. The other big one in iOS 7, of course, is the inter-app audio being built in at a operating Yeah, system. but the, um, Peter Kern wrote something on Create Digital Music, which was basically don't, because it's not working well, hang, properly yet. I mean, right, okay, maybe that's the case. But at the same time, when you see it in action, it's actually quite nice. There's a good video about uh, the integration of nave and um aurea and it really does become much more like that idea that it's uh that things are like plugins running inside of software oh so, well, that's a bit more interesting yes it's uh so it so it does bode quite well i mean i think the the comparative weakness of the processors of things like ipads compared to desktops etc is going to mean that this is something that will probably become better or more useful as the machines get more powerful. Like the new iPad, I think, is going to have the same 64-bit processor. Yeah, well, the iPad, the, the, the new iPhone, we haven't really talked much about the new Apple products, but the new iPhone is, uh, yeah, it's it's infinitely more powerful. It's quite interesting. That, and that makes sense that you could then add peripherals to it because, I mean, otherwise, mm -hmm. what are you going to do with it? All that well, power. I <laughs> but you can do this retrospectively, though, as well on on older iPhones as well. So, uh, um, okay, that's interesting. Which is quite, which yeah. So I thought I'd just mention those things because it's it is kind of you know relevant news. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. It's only really just emerging now. Well, there, there was a we, there was a, another part of the story because uh, I, I, this is going to be very freeform. I don't know where we're going to go with this. Um, uh, that that you know, obviously that we got nine. Na, na, Apple sold 9 million iPhones in a weekend, uh, which is, is really kind of a, an amazing figure when you consider what's going on in the PC market. It's just like, okay, that's it puts into perspective where um, people who are going to be putting um, their development resources uh, into um, 
you know apps rather than anything for serious you know content creation or whatever but it's it's quite an interesting dynamic and those sort of figures are really going to start to swell i mean because the people that are going to take notice of that are going to be the app developers presumably so we're going to start to see presumably even more um stuff happening on that platform it's just such a shame that there's nobody else nipping at the heels at the moment which is um i don't know if that's true oh okay um based on my travels Ah. Android OS running in particularly Samsung, but other devices as well, um, seems to be internationally the most, and I think the statistics bear this out, the most widely used platform. Yeah. And there are gobs of apps for that stuff. Pretty much everything that's being written for iPhone is also being written for Android. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not evangelizing here, and I have my iPhone right here. So I'm not, you know, I'm, nor am I endorsing. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think it's, I think they're, you know, yeah, they're the flavor of the moment because they've just released a new model and sold a gillion of them and people started lining up like it was a Grateful Dead concert two days before. <laughs> it's been so far, isn't it? But um, ultimately, uh, I still think they don't have the major market share in mobile phone uh, operating systems, if I understand correctly, somebody somebody stop me if I'm completely. No, I think here. I think you are actually right. The problem is, is the uh, the issue with obviously Android is still the horrible latency. It's not designed in the same, or it's not it's not built in at the roots level, which means. But that, it's available in lower cost products that are more widely affordable to yeah. a large number of people around the world. Now, Apple is trying to crack that with this iPhone 5C, I think, which, if I understand correctly, uh, is considerably less expensive. Not here. Uh, no, not here. No? It's really similar price. Oh, uh, is the price? Yeah. It's really? It's a similar, yeah, it's it's a similar 90 price. Quid, 90 quid cheaper. 469 for the C, for, uh, 550 or something for the... For the uh, oh, really? I thought the, it was like by half. That's crazy. That's no. that, I don't understand no. that marketing-wise, but... No, if I mean, the mo- I've been waiting for that phone to come out, and the moment it came out, I just went out and bought a second-hand iPhone four. Because what's the point? You know, I, I don't. I, there's a there's a level that you need to go to with this stuff, and I don't need all of that unless it's going to be affordable. Well, the iPhone because- the, the iPhone five is actually very nice as compared to the four because the screen size is larger, so you're yeah. actually affected in the way you use it. It is a lot of respect. My daughter's friend used hers by dropping it down the toilet the other night when she was at a party. So I, I, and I just couldn't go there. If I spend five hundred quid on a phone and then break it, I'd have to buy another one. It's, I'm not going to do that. Just so not. Well, then you own a Chromebook too. <laughs> well, they are they are expensive. I mean, any of them. I mean, even even my lowly, um, you know. HTC One X would cost me three hundred quid plus to buy a new one, because uh, I'm thinking about this. This is uh, yeah. So, uh, but I think the idea is the five C is supposed to be a, a, a more affordable way to get into the iPhone kind of uh, regime, I suppose. But uh, mm. I want to see what the, re- the relative price. The iPhone five C starts at a hundred bucks in America. Yeah, with yeah, a, uh, with uh, a twenty four month contract that you pay a lot more for than we do here, though. Right, 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 or, or two hundred bucks for thirty-two gigs. So, it's what is it, a hundred dollars cheaper? It's yeah, like two thirds pr- of the price. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Especially- so, but I mean, to get an entry level at ninety-nine bucks does start to crack that Android business model, where the reason why people are buying them is because they're so cheap. Yeah. 
because the 5S, I believe, starts at 199 So what they've done is they've cut their base price by half. Yeah. At least here. Yeah. Yes, with, with contracts. Yes. Yeah. With contracts. I mean, if you want to buy uh, an iPhone here, um, uh, you know, not linked to a network, it's like 600 quid. Well, it's well no, seven, 700 quid, yeah. I think. Yeah. You buy it without linking it to a provider, you're going to spend a lot more money. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah, same deal. But anyway, um, it's just an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic, and I think things are going to be changing. Actually, there's something else that's come up, uh, which I think we've got to, we, we should cover. This was breaking news yesterday. If I hit my button, then I should be able to show you the web web page. There we go. Oh, look, with our that's what happens if uh, on the site while we're streaming live everywhere. You see, Sonic Talk Podcast is streaming live now. Join us. Um, that's been going for half an hour before it actually did. This is the news that Gibson... <laughs> <laughs> the, the news that Gibson uh, were basically... Well, it's, they've not been... They haven't bought Cakewalk. They've 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 announced it's an intention to acquire, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. As far as I can st- understand, that means uh, what that means is if anyone else was thinking of buying Cakewalk, uh, forget it because Gibson uh, have already done it, and we're we're gonna we want to make sure that we get the price that we offered. It sounds like a bit of uh, crafty uh, finagling to me. But uh, outside of the just business practice aspect of it. It's got to ring a few alarm bells. I mean, we had the guys from Cakewalk here uh, last week uh, showing us a new product, which we will hopefully be able to display on Saturday when the uh, when they announce it finally, if that's actually what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, I'm just thinking opcode. I'm thinking, um, you know, there have been a couple of other uh, brands that have not made it through the Gibson acquisition process. Uh, no. This has something about it being branded Tascam as well. Uh, they're going to change it to be. Uh, they're going to form a something called Tascam Professional Software, uh, apparently, which is kind of interesting because that's what I was thinking. Giga Sampler, that's the thing that died as well, and that was Tascam. Yeah, uh, Tascam bought that. I don't know if they killed it, and then yeah, Gibson that was bought Tascam. Very good as well. I can't remember. Well, I know several people are still using it. It's just a little bit. It's a little bit worrying, um, but you know, I'm the the people I've spoken to who are involved in Cakewalk are pretty excited. So I don't know what this means. I, I guess and this, I think they should be. Yeah, I think they should be because I've met this guy Henry, who's the head of Gibson, and I don't think he's buying this thing to kill it. I oh. think he wants to be in this business, and I think he wants to integrate hardware sales and try to become some version of Steinberg, Motu, whatever, where you're selling a platform and hardware to support it and trying to be whatever the Pro Tools killer or the whatever your favorite PC guys are, killer, Steinberg killer. I think he wants to be in this business. Well, that's an interesting point, and it does make sense. Uh, Echosonic Giga Sampler was swamped by Contact Halley and Adel. That's very true, actually. That's that, that's also a good point. Um, I think, I think you could be right because I think maybe when they went with Opcode, which was what two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, that might I have just it was earlier than that. It was too early, wasn't it? It just they, maybe it wasn't. People weren't ready for it. In fact, and I, was, I don't think he was the owner of the company at that time. Ah, well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe that's a different thing. I think this guy pursues things out of passion. Oh, well, that's my encouraging. experience of this guy, and I've met him, is that he really loves this business. He's excited by certain kinds of products, and he wants to be in it. He's not, he's not Gordon Gecko in Wall Street. He's not buying <laughs> companies to sink them. I don't think so. So you think now, it's, it's, it's unfair to tar him with the wrong. same brush? Then? Yeah, sorry. He could, he could prove me wrong, but I really don't think that's what this is. Well, that'd be great. I mean, because I, I suppose we are thinking if he wasn't around when Opcode and Oberheim were bought, then he can't really be held responsible for the is, way the company he, was. But 
is he the guy then who's behind these kind of ridiculous Gibson sort of uh, ridiculous <laughs> misfires that they've done recently? Well, see, instance, I would the, say that to the extent that he seems to want to be ambitious in the expansion of their product offerings and not just sell mm. Les Pauls and SGs for the rest of his life, then yeah, maybe. And I have you know, played some yeah. things that I found questionable as well. But I think well, the point the is, is there are lots of companies, there are lots of companies like this that, that just basically go, hey, what about this? And you've got to go, yeah, okay, well, what about this then? And, and the thing is, is the way to test them quickly, build a prototype, show it a show, give it to a couple of reviewers, get some feedback, nah, okay, let's forget it. It's probably cheaper than, than going through the entire R&D process, getting it straight to market. So, I mean, perhaps that's what's going on there. And that, that's not a model that is, um, you know, especially un, unrealistic. It's just different to what perhaps we're used to, right? I think he just wants to expand his business beyond SGs and Les Pauls. And around the, point, around the, the point when opcode started to disappear, there was a massive shift away from everything being in the studio outside the box and connected via the only MIDI connector that really worked on a Mac to people starting to use software since. So I suppose that MIDI interface, you know, your multiple MIDI interface market must have dwindled around that point. Sure, yeah, sure. But they, do, I mean, it was their, their software and uh, OMS, wasn't it? Or uh, Was it OMS? Well, OMS was essential on a Mac. You couldn't use a Mac without OMS. Mm. And then... But it was, as it well. was kind of free, there wasn't really much of a, wasn't really much of a market um, for it, I suppose. Or, no, there was a competing product by Motu called Fastlane. Ah. Oh, that. <laughs> well, I'm so, just saying, everybody <laughs> did use pretty much opcode. I had yes. them both. And, and there were other people doing that kind of business. But I agree with you substantially that at that point, the business was changing anyway. Yeah. Well, it may be that um, we're mistaken, you know, or, you know, that Gibson has been sort of tarred a little bit harshly with just some unfortunate business ventures and coinciding with, you know, acquisitions coinciding with companies just not really you know being with, with the flow of things so it'd be great to know it'd be great mm. if this actually did work out i mean i'm not t- sure so I'm, I'm i'm not quite sure how many people there are working at, you know the boffins left at cakewalk that, that can kind of add that intellectual kind of oomph that maybe he's after i mean we're oh, still i don't know no yeah i mean they've been trying through the roland you know uh, relationship to expand their product They've been listening to people. When I meet with these guys, even though their software doesn't really do what I want it to do, they're listening very carefully and trying to make it do that. I mean, I found them to be responsive. I know people who swear by their stuff on the PC side. And, of course, you can always find people who swear at their stuff as well. Sure. But um, it's I, I think my understanding is they're going to run it out of the same office in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they're think going so. to basically retain the staff, and they're just trying to broaden their offerings over at Gibson. Yeah. I think the thing is, is oh, sorry. sorry, go, Mark. I was going to say Cakewalk is a really good piece of software, and Tascam is a name I trust. So if you put those two things together, I'll look at it, definitely, because it sort of makes sense to put, you know. It'd be good. I mean, Tascam, Tascam haven't really, well, in the last couple of years or a few years, haven't, you know, haven't seen an awful lot of... Uh, exciting products from them they've kind of stuck to the sort of fairly you know flavors of uh, audio interfaces and the occasional recorder mm. they haven't sort of brought out they've anything been that really go, yeah, but they always the make the, they the always make really rugged really professional stuff that works which has a simplicity about it that makes right. and mm. it's a sort of it's a home recording brand that makes that you feel like it's you know it's it's some it's going to happen for you if you plug that stuff in right right okay it doesn't feel wonder, like sorry the th- 
Well, I was going to say the thing about the uh, about X2 and Sonar, you know, Kcork, where Kcork currently is at, um, has been this thing where it's very much about multi-touch on a laptop. I've got a, I've got a multi-touch laptop, laptop downstairs with uh, the latest version of Sonar installed on it and just playing around with a multi-touch um, interface, but with like a DAW, you know, D, um uh, you know, a computer-based DAW is is a very potent combo. And they're yeah. kind of first off the marks with that. And I know that the upcoming stuff with along that line is going to be more, is developing that further. Now, that's what intrigues me about this current acquisition in a way, because it's... Uh, it's bringing all that know-how in-house, I suppose, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, you know, this whole touch-touch thing, um, I wonder if Gibson are kind of drawn to that as well because maybe that might be more appealing to their guitar market, possibly, you know, a more, mm. hand, you know, a more hands-on approach and, and to sort of to align, align themselves with that kind of thing. Just that, a rumor. No, that's, really. that's a very interesting point. I mean, I think that uh, when I've spoken to uh, Jimmy Landry, who's the product specialist, I was speaking to him the other day, he was saying that the thing about the multi-touch system is rather than going for the, I want to do everything with a touchscreen, when you combine it with your mouse and the other key commands, it just speeds up workflow because of the way you can kind of swipe across the screen, get to objects quickly and then do that and then, you know, get get a bit more kind of um, detailed with, with, with your usual input so you're not just sort of standing there like a zombie like this trying to reach the screen all the time. It's a question of incorporating. They're, they're being uh, certainly a, a little smarter about it and not so absolutist when it comes to uh-huh. using touchscreens. And that, that's probably going to be an approach that ultimately will pay off. But the problem is, is that all the major doors are now multi-platform pretty much apart from that. Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure there are other examples, but in terms of the, the sort of big players, it seems like they're the last to jump. And I, I, I don't know if there are any plans to do that. And that may or may not be an issue for them. And certainly they should maybe consider going to Linux, I would have thought. It's interesting that with Cakewalk has always had a very PC kind of feel to it, the way the menus open and just everything. Yeah. It really has always felt very PC-centric, so I wonder mm. if that may be something to do with that. We could do that on Linux too. I mean, it is possible. Um, There's money in Linux? I think there is going to be. Yeah, I think there really is going to be because it will not require you to upgrade your hardware to the latest, you know, you can still get a fairly decent performance out of an operating system that, you know, can run on an old machine. I mean, I'm doing that here all the time, you know, it's, uh, and I've just, I, I literally, the, the guys on Bitwig saw that I was wearing a Bitwig t-shirt on one of the podcasts for review and said, hey, do you want a beta of a Bitwig? And it's like, hell yeah, I do, yeah. I really do. I want to see how that works because I want to bung it on a Linux machine and see how it, how it performs, definitely. Oh. No, understood. I'm talking from the corporate standpoint of justifying the R&D and the amount of money it's going to cost to write that thing over again for a new platform. Well, yeah, but the thing is everybody else has done it, and they've already absorbed that cost. The problem is is that... that uh, everybody else is writing their DAWs for Linux? Not everybody else, but everybody else is writing their platform, uh, is multi-platform, maybe mm. not Linux, but Mac and PC at least. There's, right, no, there's I understand very... that. Motu Sorry. is Mac only, and those guys, and so is Logic, and Cakewalk is PC only, and so is Acid. And uh, there actually are as many who are not. I suppose, yeah. No, that's a fair point. There's a very interesting point going on in the chat room, though, about the the forthcoming Steam box, Uh, you know, uh, Valve, um, the software. That's a media center kind of thing, right? Yeah, but look look at that, though. So uh, on Impulse is saying uh, Cakewalk is already on Steam. So in terms of a money 
distribution. Really? You know, the, the, well, this is because wow. they, you know, they you can just buy your software through Steam, can't you? It's a little bit like an, the App Store, really, isn't it? I suppose the closest thing to. Yeah, well, it's it's more than that. It's all the multiplayer. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Steam is Steam like a thing, a little bit like Ubuntu. I think it's like an OS that holds that uh, is a kernel on kernel. Is that the right word on top of Linux? Kernel Parker. Well, Steam has been running in Windows and stuff, hasn't it? Anyway, as uh, it's I've been running as just a, as like a game client. I don't know what Steam Windows. Is. I know what Ubuntu is. It, it, yeah. It's as it what it, Steam is, as far as I know, is an operating system that's designed to run on your telly or in a device that is small enough just to stick near your telly. It's a very small okay. footprint, uh, and, and primarily it's being aimed at the uh, gaming market and little sort of apps, and you know, being able to kind of watch YouTube and stuff yeah. and media center stuff. But it may I, well be have other. Sorry, Rich. I want to know if it's the same Steam that uh, Persing uses in his OmniSphere engine. No. Oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, am I sure? I think so, yeah. I Can I have that right, yeah, I, I guess? It's a coincidence. I think it's a <laughs> no, coincidence. no, I had somebody tell me it was. That's why. Ah, I'm okay. Well, oh, it, so. I, well, if that's the case, it may, then, wow. It may be. I think we'd need clarity before we would uh, um, say yes Where's, or yeah, you're not. Yeah, on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, if he's been watching the live stream, he's probably gone home. <laughs> before we actually got the show together uh, as I wouldn't blame him but um, uh, hello Eric if you, are, if you do ever watch this a particular show yes it would be nice to know Claire. I, I, I don't think it is either but um, it's just maybe just an, a, an accident of, uh, of naming uh, in fact Howard uh, Scar chat room says no nah, it's a different Steam I mean it's not the same yeah so uh, I'd say we're fairly um, oops that's you there we go I'd say we're fairly kind of sure that it's perhaps not um, but yeah, uh, I've forgotten where I was cause, um, I was thinking about all of those technical issues that I had to resolve just to get the show on and it's already clouded my mind. God, it's amazing how powerful that awful, uh, sensation was, but it seems to be working now. How's everything holding up for everybody? We've got, uh, yep. You look fabulous, Gaz. I think, you know, I, you know what? I think what must have been the issue with your video in the past was this multiple Skype thing and maybe the CPU not being able to handle the, all of those video streams because Rich looks oh. great. Mark looks great. Gaz looks great. I look HD um, and need a shave. Uh, but yeah, I think it's all working. So uh, thanks for You're having very handsome, Nick. I uh, think you look absolutely fine. Oh, well, that's very kind of you, Mark. I, I, you haven't been editing the same footage that I have today, uh, which uh, which doesn't agree with that point of view. <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, Nick, been playing with Omnisphere with the the, the CME. The, oh, the, right, the, okay. the CME X key, because Omnisphere has got really, really cool multi the polyphonic aftertouch support so it's actually uh, and the way you can kind of set that up in the modulation matrix is just really cool so i highly recommend that as a ah. that's a polyphonic that's a little polyphonic uh, aftertouch key yeah well there. we were so talking about maybe getting two of them together and so you get multiple octaves that's uh, been doing it been doing it but also been doing it with different sounds on omnisphere as well so you've got two keyboards one on one hand one on the other and uh with with the polyphonic aftertouch is uh is much of loveliness actually. Ah, excellent! You managed to get the gain settings right, so it's it, it works for you. Yeah, I've set the delay, the the, the polyphonic aftertouch delay, to be the maximum, so so it doesn't start to aftertouch until you know until a bit later on. Oh, okay, a little bit later on. I, I, I mean, uh, yes, there's there's an app you see that comes on the iPad that you can configure various things like the uh, velocity curves. In fact, you can draw the velocity curves in with your finger on the iPad, uh, which I think. Don't know that that many people would want that, but it's interesting that it's there. 
Ah, that's come uh, out because we, yeah, we did look at that in um, the last but one Sonic Touch actually, and it, uh, we were impressed right. with the. And I think it must be shipping now or getting close to it. So that's cool. Yeah, it's a really nice. It's actually very nice. You get, you know, it's got these uh, flat keys, um, but they are kind of full size or, or yeah. more or less full size. Uh, so little profile. Yeah, there's just not. If you hold it up thin wise, you, you can, Rich, you can see yeah. that. That's how thin they are. They're really. Oh my God. But they've got really polyphonic good. aftertouch. It's bonkers. And I have to say, I mentioned this in the Sonic Touch, but there's a little curve at the end of uh, the at the keys there. Um, ah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. therefore, it, it just That's lips over your desktop. It, it lips over the, your, the edge of your desktop, and it just anchors it there. It's really nice. It's so so just that triangulation will stop you from snapping it, won't it? Because if it didn't have that triangular edge on it, then it would be really flexible. So that's where it's going to gain its strength. Oh, I've just got to make yeah, you full screen, Mark. You seem to. Showing, while we're showing, oh, have you? While we're showing off gear, can I show you the reason why nearly every wire in my studio has had to be unplugged and put away? I've, yes, yes I've please heard. do. Please do. Okay. <laughs> He's puppy phonic. Let me find him. Hang on. Oh. oh, oh, your little puppy. <laughs> he's puppy oh. phonic. Oh, wow, he's that's beautiful. <laughs> he's so cute, he's isn't about, he? He's gorgeous. You're very stinky, aren't you, George? Very stinky, oh. and he's about eight weeks old, just over eight weeks old. Wow. And it's an absolute nightmare, because every time he wakes up, he chews everything. <laughs> you ah. you're absolutely, yeah, lots of pools of pee. <laughs> But, um, I better but, um, the moment he wakes up, it's just like I, can't, I absolutely cannot stop and do it. I tried to make a cup of coffee this morning and ended up burning three rounds of toast and setting the um, smoke alarm off and everything. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's uh, well, it's nice to have a bit of cute puppies in there. Um, yeah. So we, we, are we going to be expecting to see a lot of videos of your cat playing the keyboard, uh, your, 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 your puppy playing musical instruments and what have you on YouTube soon? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, he's small at the moment, but he's going to be a bloody great, massive dog because he's a, a golden retriever and his mum was big. So, wow. he, uh, I don't know that his paws would get in between the um, the keys. We'll have to have, <laughs> he'll have to play Moog Taurus bass pedals or something, won't he? That's the yeah, yeah. That's that sounds like <laughs> excellent. Um, well, surprisingly, even though I've been, um, we, we've we've not. F- followed any sort of agenda really and it's just been kind of very thankfully held together by um the, the efforts of my guests we seem to have reached to a point in the show which feels like uh, because i have to I have to so- sign off fairly soon but that that that's uh, that's awesome i can't believe that we've done it I, I can't believe we've actually made it this far i want to thank you so much for that <laughs> you'll be able to, actually there's somebody says in the chat room there um you'll be able to lay andrex all over the floor and do um Andrex puppy ads. Maybe you should send. Oh, yeah. You should send something into uh, uh, um, whatever that the latest clip show is. You could do lots of uh, spoofs and um, uh, circuit bent <laughs> versions of the Andrex toilet <laughs> tissue advert. I mean, I'll have to get on with that quick because I have to. He's growing at an incredible rate. He's like, I don't know, it's scaring me. I've <laughs> never had a dog before, and I don't know what to do with them. And I'm just kind of like going, "Oh my god!" Why did makes- Why did you get one? Uh, East wanted one. Ah, fair enough. And I think Gina and East had like some kind of a, an agreement that if we moved to Glastonbury, he could have a puppy. 
Right. I don't know, my God. <laughs> um, it makes child rearing look unbelievably easy. I mean, in that they're just in, in everything. Absolutely in everything. At least babies can't get up and run around and chew things. Yeah, don't, give them, the, don't give them the log on to any of your electronic yeah. devices, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, or teach nice. him to program. Uh, oh, passwords to the bank account. <laughs> awesome. Um, mm. uh, we have there were there were other subjects, but I'm so woefully underprepared for them that I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sort of uh, averse to maybe exposing my ineptitude even further uh, than it already has the been. The ten most relevant cents in the history of man. That was pretty cool. Um, I don't... That was a great topic. Let's do it next week. Well, should we do it next week? Is that okay with I everybody? Think Dave Spears should be on that one. Yeah. I think, and hopefully by next week, I can complicate matters even more by adding another computer. But it does mean that we can have four yeah. remote guests. That's my because if you see over the, over there, there's my switcher, which has got four screens used up, five screens when I play a video, which you'll see. Uh, and there's one slot left for another computer, <laughs> so it means I can get. Four. I quite like this actually the way you've done it now because I was terrified of going. Oh yes in the middle of somebody else saying something. So it feels a little bit more interactive without me having to cause the video to switch by agreeing with somebody and going, ah. Yeah, I mean, there is... I was terrified of making any sound at all when someone else was speaking, apart from talking over them, of course, but that's another trait entirely. Yeah, it does seem to work better um, in a lot of ways, and it does, I I keep saying, it looks just so much, so much more hi-fi. Is that hand sonic you got there, Gaz? See, I can even tell what you've got in the, you know, and that take that's yeah. taking up a tiny microscopic portion of your room. That's in one of the creative zones, so and, and that goes through a whole bunch of effects. Yeah, so that's quite cool. There's a new version of the Hansonic out, apparently. Mm, I've seen it. Looks yeah. quite nice, but uh, actually, it doesn't look quite as um, configurable as this old one. This one's cool. It's got the ribbon controllers on it as well. So you can, I, yeah, as I. A, as, yeah. I remember, sp- I spent an awfully long time configuring it in Logic to kind of map to various things. Uh, right. Before realising that those mappings were saved per document, so when I opened a new song, ah. I had to do it all over again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Which not I, good. I really, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not down with that kind of stuff anymore. It's um, life's too short. Have you ever come across V Heart? It's a, 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 a woman who posts things on YouTube. She's uh, just through <laughs> stumbled upon twelve her twelve her vi, her video about twelve tones. Is that H A? Is that heart as in A R T or H E R T? V I V I H A R T. Yes, it's a it's a it's a mad woman, amazing genius woman, and she makes these little videos. But she's made a she made a video about twelve is this tones. One of those days where you oh, wake up thinking. Sorry, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing yes. the 12 tones. I'm, I'm going to get so there. Look, I can do renders, this. She renders. It's just one of those days where you wake up thinking, 12, like a jazz she makes 12-tone music. Cat, it'd be awesome. Turns, if you jump to the end, she does, uh, she does uh, li- Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in 12-tone. <laughs> This is quite possibly, it's about half an hour long. It's quite possibly ah, right, the most so astonishing for... video I've ever seen. Wow. 
Ooh, that's quite beautiful, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, watch the video. It's oh, we'll have to check that out. Thanks, Gaz. That's, that's the top tip. Uh, her name is Vi Hart. Uh, yeah, let's see if I go to... She all sorts of videos about mathematics and, you know, it's not just like music, but she's... Uh... Oh, that sounds Definitely great. A polymath. I, I love all yeah. that stuff. A good fight. You made my eyes go funny with that little bit just there. I thought some water <laughs> was going to come out for a moment. No. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's gone absolutely... all weird. That's amazing. It's amazing. She's she's amazing. She's my new hero. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, we'll check that out. And uh, there are some other topics we could talk about next week that we didn't matter. Of course, uh, Microsoft Surface 2 came out. And also, there's uh, something that um, Azir had sent me um, just before the show, which meant, obviously, it was never going to get into it. Ordinarily, it would, but it was just... Um, um, this whole thing about tuning 432 hertz to 440 and the difference in tuning yeah. and all that. It's just a fantastic set of uh, conspiracy theories and all sorts of theories there. So we'll, maybe we'll talk about that next week if we get the opportunity, assuming the show works. I think it will. It feels like we've reached a level of stability because it sort of does seem to be happening. And you're right, Rich, about getting an intern. It would be great. But unfortunately, having, having an intern for uh, one afternoon a week is uh, quite a difficult thing to organise. But uh, I'll, I'll see. What I didn't I say that, but it's a great idea. Oh, didn't you? Oh, I thought I saw something Not in the chat. Not this time. I've said it in the past. Ah, okay. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room said it this time. Ah, yeah. No, absolutely right. That would be awesome. But um, yeah, until I've got this system working and nailed, it's sort of one of those. Um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to organise because if if the system keeps changing, then the person will never learn how it works. Because I'm having trouble to figure it out myself. But I must say, this new switcher um, software really is much, much faster and more responsive, which I really like. I can play a video, and it's just it's there straight away. I, I love it. Ah, there's Rich again, and uh, and yes, and we can play the ad, and I can run the lower thirds and everything. So yeah, I suppose we should probably say thank you and goodbye. And I'll come to you, Rich, first because you're chuckling away, and it's always good to see a smile on your face. So, Rich, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure, and thanks for hanging in there. And I'm sorry that uh, it was such a sort of uh, a false start, but uh, uh, hopefully it didn't keep you too long from your important work creating hit records at uh, the Nile Rogers facility. Are you off to uh, Waxahotty yeah. now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I might even go to the studio. Yeah, hey! hey. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to go have lunch with a guy who I've just met uh, from Newtown. So, oh, uh, awesome. Good. Great. Well, glad to hear it. Thanks for joining us, as I say. And also, Mark and your lovely puppy. What's he called, George? George, yeah. Well, I'm glad he, he seemed to he seemed to keep it together for long enough. You're probably going to have your hands full now. Do you have, are you taking him out for walks yet, or is it a bit early? No, he's not ready for that. He's a, he's a, he had his first jab yesterday. All so, ah, right, um, so not yet. There's another one in two weeks, and then he's not allowed out for another week after that, so he's just annihilating the house at the moment. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks, <laughs> Mark. He's fallen asleep again, which is a bad sign, because it might make... He's also Up all night. Barking all through the bloody night as well. Um, so our neighbours must love us at the moment. Jesus, but, I uh, don't think I... We did put a very, very sorry... Kennel. Through I the think... Door. Yeah, soundproof kennel. Anyway, thanks, Mark, uh, and great to have you aboard, and uh, look forward to seeing you in next week no, as well. you're very welcome. And Gaz Williams there in high fidelity in your lovely songwriting garret with all your uh, equipment that we can see and your 414 up in front, front and centre. Uh, yes. Thank you very much for joining us too. It's been great to, to have you aboard as ever. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. And now I can fade to black. This is going to be really cool because I've got a special button for that. I hope it's going to work. And I can also fade the audio as well. So if I fade to black and fade the audio at the same time, bye, everybody. <laughs>